0: Okay, so tonight we're going to be learning the Ostsadi in Sefer Raish Milian from Avram Kako and Kuk. Now, the Ostsadi, for a number of reasons is going to need a few hakdamos like all the other letters. Two of the Hakdamos, or really one of the longer Hakdamos, is going to be with regards to the letter in the Sefer Cook itself. And the second Hakdam is going to be about the Ostsadi Batalyuso and its general status. Which we haven't really done with other Osios, but when it comes to the Ostsadi, it demands a certain level of attention. And Rufkuk makes reference to this, albeit unexplicitly, but he offers his own opinion in a machlokes, in an argument, in a fundamental argument that, that touches the bedrock of existence with regards to the Otzadi. And Rufkuk Bedar Kodesh and Reish Milan was not trying to be posake exactly what to do, but he is miramis and he hints towards this argument about the otsadi now <laughs> when it comes to the otsadi which is representative of the notion sadik which is representative of the concept of connectivity and attachment and the dvekus between things between one thing and its other we have to understand that any discussion about connectivity taking place by way of anything other than a Kav kavyachal demands is a hirus, it demands a very delicate and soft step to ensure that while talking about any spiritual potency that is not at Baruch, we have to be very careful to ensure that our language and what we're conveying is within the realm of Raza de Nusa, the secret of faith, and not the V'Shalom, al to go beyond the lines of holiness in terms of describing something that could be considered something other than HaKadosh baruch Hu. now with regards to the otsadi in safreditz and in the parish of the gra on safreditz there's a discussion about the Tsuras hatzmunah the form of the image of the tsadi now the Tzadi according to most commentators is going to be comprised of two letters. It's going to be comprised of a Nun and a Yud. The Nun is going to be bent a little bit and the Yud is going to be on top, on the back of the Nun to form the image of the Tzadi. Now there's a machlokes in the Tzafor news and the Zayar Kadosh as to which direction the Yud should be facing. Should the Yud be facing towards the Nun that's bent over so that the Nun and the Yud are facing in the same direction, or is the Yud turning its face away from the Nun so that the Nun that comprises the main body of the tsadi is facing towards the left, and that the Yud, which comprises the top, secondary part of the tsadi would be facing towards the right. Now in Safar Nyusa according to the Vilnagon, he seems to state that the tsadi, the ost takes on two different forms in two different aspects of itself when the Sadi is representative of the worlds of Tohu, of the worlds of constriction and destruction and chaos, when the world is not the way it's supposed to be. So then the Yud turns its face away from the Nun, and they operate under the guise of something called Achor Ba'achor, back to back, that the Nun is facing one way and the Yud is facing the other way, so that we understand that at that stage of creation, things were not the right way. Things were not operating according to the right way things were supposed to go in Metzius. That was representative of Olam HaTohu, of the and the Cheruvin, the destroyed worlds that represent the seven Kalim, the seven vessels that break in Shira Sakalim, which we discussed in Os Zion and Os Ches. And in a time of Tikkun, and in a time of rectification, when things are restored to be, the rightful way that they're supposed to be according to the original then the Yud turns its face towards the Nun so that the Nun and the Yud of the tsadi are both facing towards the left in a relationship of Panim panim face-to-face, which is representative of a unity and a measured relationship between Kedusha and everything else. Now, with regards to the Ksiva of the Ost this is where we come into this machlokas. According to most Maforshin, the Ost is supposed to be written with the yud facing the nun, representative of the stage of panim le panim. But according to the Vilna and his students there's a mashma'ut, and there's an entire sefer of a thousand pages written on this, and the Chazam got involved in this as well, and this has been a large machlokas because it touched Yisodei Amuna, as we'll see in a moment. There are certain Mekubalim and certain individuals who felt that the Yud of the Tzadi should be written facing Achor Ba'achor, the other way. Now, kas Hashabtai shabtai tzvi the Sabbateans who came and interpreted the Kabbalah Sa'arizal in a way that was against the of de Musa, against the secret of faith. They were famous for focusing very strongly on the Ust Sadi because it was representative of the name of their leader and in their writings the Yud is supposed to face Achor Ba'achor representative of the Olam HaTawg so when the Chazonish and the Vilnagon and the different Halachats get involved in this, there's a large argument as to which way the Yud should be written and Rav Kook, as we're going to see, is going to be miyashif on a certain level, that either way you look at it, it doesn't matter which way the Yud is facing necessarily. What matters is that everything is mit'aleh, everything is continuing to elevate itself towards the levels of Kedusha. That in spite of the fact that things might represent chaotic and destructive tendencies, nevertheless, for Rav Kook in his discussion of the Tzadi is going to hint, and I'm going to point out when we see it, that Either way we talk about it, the Yud or the Zion, according to Rav which comprises the second part of the Tzadi, that for Rav the Tzadi is comprised of a Nun and a Zion, and we're going to discuss that in a moment, that either way you look at it, there is a relationship of Ahava, there is a relationship of Kedusha and not rishis of positivity and not negativity between the two parts of the Tzadi, ensuring that whichever way we look at it and whichever way we pass in terms of the machlokas, everything is Mit mit'aleh. Now that's one remes, that's one haqdama about the Otsadi. And part of the reason that the Otsadi is such a delicate letter is because it represents the concept of tzadik. And we're going to see this by Rav Kook, that Tzadi very often mistakenly is expressed as tzaddik, spelled out tzadi daled, yud, kuf. Now the reason for that is because of the closeness and the proximity between the tzadi and the kuf and the base. And when we train ourselves to say the base, very often we say tzadi kuf. And in saying tzaddik, kuf, very quickly, we find ourselves saying tzadik. To the extent that there are certain kubalim, certain bali Hasidus, who when writing out the word tzaddik, would spell it with a kuf. And in chazal and meseches, Shabbos, where they discuss the the osios, there's a a direct correlation between the Os-Tzadi and the the word Tzadik. So we see that there is a connectivity between the Tzadi and the Tzadik. And anytime we start discussing the concept of the Tzadik, the concept of connectivity, the concept of the bridge that connects Shammayim va'aretz and that which latches one thing onto its other, we enter into a relatively delicate territory A, because the idea has been misinterpreted by so many, and B, because the idea rests on a particularly delicate paradox, which needs to operate simultaneously, which is that on the one hand it appears that something is separate and apart from godliness, and on the other hand, everything is nullified in part and parcel of godliness at all times. And therefore, when it comes to understanding the tzaddik and the nature of the tzaddik, and this is one of the inyanim that the Baal Shem came to the world to disclose to us, and part of the reason that the Bashem Tov HaKadosh suffered such fights against his approach is because the tzaddik is such a delicate idea that whenever we discuss it, we have to be very careful to ensure that we're still within the level of Raza Dimei Nusa. Now, the second Hakdama to in order to understand the context of where the Osadi is coming from in the system of Rav Kook, as described in the Sefer Resh Lin. Where we left off last week with the Ospei was that language stood at the precipice. Language stood at the threshold of expression. When the particularities of being, as they emerge from within the Klaliuta Kol of men, into the individual's individualized particularization of the fish in the Os Nun. And Nune Hayam is the Aramaic or translation of dage Hayam, which again brings us back to the Aleph, reminding us that translation is always a secondary level of understanding. So that as the particulars emerge out of the Taliyut of the Mayim of the Osmem, we are already in a state of secondary translation by the Osnun, where particulars emerge. Now these particulars begin to engage with that which is outside of them through the Osayin, through their vision, through the klita, through the collection, and the bringing into themselves of the things that are outside of themselves through the vision, through the sense of vision. And then we come to the oste, which is the emergence of dibor as it exists in the supernal realm of the interiority, where things are not yet spoken. As we said, it's the sounds of silence. Now, as each prat, as each particular stands at the ready to be emerged, because we're already coming towards the end of the Aleph phase, towards the ostaf, where actual emergence of particularization and individual identities is going to take place, each letter that we discuss now from the Anan is going to be a further shlav, a next level, if you will, of the disclosure of particulars. And whenever we deal with particulars, whenever we deal with separateness, and the individual sense that each thing has of itself in a world devoid of the unity that is clear from the letters Aleph to Mem, we need to remind ourselves, and Rav Kook takes great length to show us this, that as the particulars emerge from within the klaliut from within the generality of Kedusha, the Chiddush here is that even as particularity emerges, every prat, every particular maintains the mark and the stamp and the chotem and the essence of the unity of the cloud So that even though we enter into a world of pratiyut and separation and fragmentation with millions and millions and innumerable amounts of particular identities in the world, the system of the Arizal as refracted through the writings of Rav Kook is coming to show us how in spite of the fact that particularization and fragmentation open up into numerous and innumerable parts of separateness, each and every part contains within it the essence of the yichud Haklal, so that even when we fall into particularization and the individual identity, which is typically identified as separateness and klipah, we can still penetrate it deep enough to find the Yichud of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in there, which is basically saying what the Mikubalim have been saying all along, that there is a Yichud between Kudshavarichu and Shrinte, that there is a Yichud between Soviv Kol Almin, the transcendent aspect of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and mamalek Kol Almin, the imminent aspect of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that Klal and Prat, Yichud and Pirud, Ish ve'isha, Zer'anpin ve'nukva, Shamayim ve'aretz, Yichud and Pirud, all of these apparent binary oppositions, which need to manifest on their own, nevertheless, when we penetrate deeply enough, we begin to understand that both of them are simply the manifestation and the representation of the same Yichud of HaKadosh in different ways. For the sake of deepening the Giloya Baruch Hu's presence in this world, by showing that Hashem cannot only represent himself in Yichud and infinitude, but rather he can disclose himself and show himself within Purid as well. So that even when we find ourselves in a world devoid of Yichud, we find ourselves capable of disclosing the Raza de Mehem Nusa, the secret of faith, which teaches us that the Klal and the Prat are Shav Tamid that when you penetrate deeply enough into the interiority of existence, what we come to find is that generality and yichud and pratiyut and separation are two ways of expressing the unity of HaPadosh Baruch Hu in the world in order to reveal a greater level of emuna and kedushah, that not only can Hashem show himself in Kaliyut and clarity, but even in the distortion of our lives and the difficulties of our lives, Hashem is there as well. So, after the pay takes its space and speech stands at the ready, at the threshold of the individual expression of each identity in the world, the tzaddi comes along, the tzaddik comes along to say that, in spite of the fact that you're going to see multiplicity and an expression of innumerable differences, Nevertheless, everything can be united and is united within a klaliut, within a klal, that exceeds the amount of pratim that make up that klal. That in spite of all of the difference that we find, in spite of all of the separation and klipa and satshuachar that we find, there is always already a level of kedusha that surrounds it, encompasses it, and ensures that they all serve the same purpose, namely, the disclosure of the yichud on a deeper level. And so for Rav Kook, the Otsadi, or the Klaliyut HaKol, which is identified as the Midah of Yesod, Ki Chol Ba that everything between Shamayim and Aretz is unified together. That everything in spite, and specifically because of the apparent difference between them, create a generalized whole that discloses HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a deeper way. So the Otsadi comes to say that do not fear the emergence of particularity. Because again, from the men to the tough, we said we're already at the level of Misa. We're already at the level of the disclosure of the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu into particularity and into distortion and into separation. The Osadi comes to say, do not fear the separation. Do not think that the innumerable aspects of personalized and individualized identities and existence within the world speaks about difference and separation as if there were no unity, chas but rather see within the particularity, see within the emergence of multiplicity and the myriad distortions and separations that we experience in our daily lives and in the collective of the entire universe, do not see difference there. R-mayim, mayim. Don't say that there's duality, but rather see the ha-amiti, and that is the Avoda of the tzaddik. The avoda of the tzaddik, as we're going to see, or at least I should rather say one b'china of the aspect of a tzaddik, is the capacity to show that everything that appears to be distorted and insignificant and inessential is actually part and parcel of the essentiality of creation. That even though there are so many areas in the world and in our lives and in the lives of other people as we see them, that point towards and yell towards the fact that there's separateness and distortion and distinction, the Or Zadikim, the light of the Tzadi, the light of the Tzadik comes and shows us that all difference, all disparity, all multiplicity, all Pirud, all Hester, all He'lem, all concealment is nothing but a further manifestation of the Yichud HaKla, of everything being part of the same movement, of the same Giloy of Kedusha of the same tosefes kishut, of the same adornment of perfection, which allows us to deepen the level of perfection that existed prior to existence. And Rufkuk is going to show us that the avoda of the os tzadi is to come and show how every prat, every particular that emerges in the ospei, that emerges through the potential towards speech when the individual identity begins to take on a sense of itself, the avoda of the tzadik is to come to nullify self-interest, the avodah of the tzaddik is to come to say that you, particularity, the individual who identifies themselves as the center, is connected in a fundamental and ontological way with the tzad, with that which seems secondary. Tzad again, stadyut, sidedness or secondariness or things that are insignificant. Rav Kook sees that in the us And the us comes to show that the ikar and the tafel the middle and the center, the essence and the inessential are actually both part and parcel of the same disclosure of unity to the point that there is no difference between center and peripheral, to the point that there is no difference between the center and the side, between essential and inessential, because each bespeaks the disclosure of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And one source that brings this out most clearly is the Mittler Rebbe, the second Rebbe of Lubavitch, in his writings, Taurus Chaim, now the second Rebbe of Lubavitch, the Midler Rebbe, is unique in the sense that along with a few other tzaddikim, perhaps Rabbi Nachman, tzaddikei Ishbitz and Radzin, certain students of the Vilna Gon, the Midler Rebbe was capable of descending into particularity, into distortion, into he'lem, into concealment for the sake of showing that even that which appears to be separate and apart from a Baruch Hu is nevertheless a further revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Nobody like the Mitla Rebbe descends into the pratiyut and into the actual existential crises that a person sees in their daily lives. When a person reads Torah's Chaim or any of the other writings of the Mitla Rebbe, a person immediately finds that here is a tzaddik who is capable and willing of going into the actual everyday experience of the individuals who are non Sadiqim, and empathizing and sympathizing in a way that is nearly unfounded in the history of Tzadikim. That the Mitla Rebbe showed us, no matter how deep you fall into the pratiyut of life, into the distortion and separation of life, pratiyut is always for the sake of elevating itself, always for the sake of showing a level of Yichud. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe, also told us that this was part of the Avoda of the Mitla Rebbe. Now, the Middle Rebbe in Sefer Torah Chaim and Parshas Vayichi, in the last mimer, which is titled Divra Ben Parat Yosef, he discusses a fundamental question. The question is how does a Jew, how does an individual who believes in Kedusha, who has a Muna that existence has purpose, how does that individual come to terms with the fact that there are extremities in life, that there are things that appear insignificant, that there are things that appear to be opposite the center of life, the main Aspect of life, the icker, that when you look from the perspective of the icker, there are mutarot, there are extremities and waste and wasteful things that are created in the world, and things that seem to have absolutely no meaning. Whether it's in our own minds with meaningless thoughts or imaginations, or machshavos raot, or when a person, physically speaking, in terms of the mutarot that their body produces, or in terms of looking at the world and the mistakes and the shigayot that people make things that don't actually lead to anything, how could it be that on the one hand we believe deeply that everything has a particular purpose, yet on the other hand there are multiple things that appear to be entirely meaningless and purposeless and tough and inessential. And the Midrash Rebbe describes that the Avodah of Yosef, the Avodah of the tzaddik, the Ostzadi, as we're going to see, is to show that even that which appears to be mutarot de muturot. The extra of the extra, the inessential of the inessential, meaning to say the least significant things in life, the things that appear entirely devoid of purpose and essence, even those things, through the avoda of the tzaddik, through the avoda of the os tzaddik, even those things can be elevated and connected to the cloud. Everything in existence finds its place through the avoda of the os and through the avoda of the tzaddik, through the midah of Yesod, which is Makasher Shmaya Va'ara. The hakol Biachad, everything together, even that which appears outside of the kol, even that which appears to be insignificant, only through the Aboda of Yosef HaTzadik, who is poter halomos. Now, the Midrash Rebbe says that the word poter, which means interpretation of dreams, can spell out two other words. It can mean tofer, which means weaving and sewing. It can also mean porat, or ben porat Yosef. That these letters represent on a certain level the ability of the tzaddik or the osadi to sew together all disparate entities that represent the multiplicity of the world in order to show that the center and the side, the essence and the inessential, that which appears to be fundamental in existence and that which appears to be non-fundamental and extra, both of them create a greater klal at the end of the day. And one more makor that we see this in is Rav Tzadok in Sitka HaTzadik, which is based on the Os in Simon Kuf Ches, where he discusses the Gemara in where he says that, where do we know that Sichas HaSchulen, the inessential discussions of the Tzadikim or the Tamidich HaChemim need Limud, from where do we learn the simple fact that the inessential talk of Tzadikim and Tamidich HaChemim needs Limud, we learn that out from the Pasuk, Va'alehu that by tamidich hachamim, there's a certain giloy, there is a disclosure by the tzaddik that even that which is inessential, even that which appears to be separate and devoid of essence and unity, is part and parcel of the disclosure of the clock. So the tzaddifah of Kuk comes to say that as we emerge into pratiyut, as existence begins to take shape, as we move further in the process of the mem to the taf, which represents the Misa, which represents the disclosure of existence and separateness from the unity of godliness, we still show, and even more importantly we see here, the Or Kitov, the good light of the Tzaddik that allows us to remember and connects us to the simple truth that even though existence seems so separate and disparate as expressed in the Ospei of Dibor, we can still find unity. And with that we're going to see the words of Rav Kook. Rav Kook says as follows, mm-hmm. The host chases after the host kuf in the expression through speech of the host tzadi to the point that it sounds like the host Now Rav Kook here is basically spiritualizing or elevating a mistake of Anshe Knessus Yisrael, of Knessus Yisrael. Knessus Yisrael have made the mistake of pronouncing the Os Tzadi at Tzadik because the Kuf follows the Tzadi in the Aleph base. And what Rav Kook is saying is that when we discuss the Os we have to discuss it in connection to the Os Kuf because the Tzadi is the aspect of Tzadik. Now, in no other letter does Rav Kook make a big deal about the proximity of another letter to it except by the Os and I'd like to claim that because the tzadi, the nikuda of the tzaddik, is all about connecting that which is disparate and connecting all that appears separate from each other, specifically by the os tzadi, when Rav teaches it, it is connected to the letter that is next to it. Because the entire concept of the tzaddik is the ability to connect one thing with its other, even though it doesn't appear to maintain an essential connection with that thing because the tzaddi is Makashir Shmai comes to connect disparate entities, and therefore when discussing the Ost tzaddi, Ravukh can't discuss it without the tzaddi connecting itself to that which is other than it, to that which is tzaddi to it, to that which seems inessential to it, to show that everything is connected through the Ost musa Musag HaTzedek, the concept of righteousness, Betaliuso <inaudible> Upratiuso, in its general sense, and its particular sense. That the concept of tzedek, of righteousness, which again brings to mind the letter tzadi as well as the concept of tzidkos or the tzaddik, represents the combination or the the collection together to form a whole that is greater than the sum of its parts, the entire concept of righteousness, whether we're talking about the general concept in its ideal state, or the particular sense as it manifests in daily existence, tzidkus, or righteousness, represents that everything finds its right place. That even though there are so many multiplicities within existence, and one thing appears to take the space of the other, and one thing appears to take the space and the avoda of what another person should be doing to the point that kina emerges and jealousy emerges and fighting emerges and machlokas emerges, tzidkus or righteousness is when everything finds itself in its rightful place. Tzidkus or tzedek represents the way that a Baruch operates in the world in an ideal way as things are supposed to be. Where each an individual person can see their lives, see their experiences, and say that things are the way they are supposed to be. Now, more often than that, we find ourselves in a world that is devoid of apparent Sidkus, where a person feels the need to explain to themselves why it is that they don't have what they should have, or why it is that things are unfair, or why it is that things are not the right way. And then we come to the concept of Tsidukadin. Of Tsidukadin, Saying that din and judgment is right. Even that which appears to be outside the way things are supposed to be, the Jewish soul is capable of saying sidkaskat sedek at the loftiest point of the week at Rava de Ravan and Shalashuddis, when everything is disposed in its clarity. The tzadi represents sidkus, it represents righteousness, which means that everything is arranged the way it's supposed to be. After the ospei, when we find the multiplicity and distortions that abound, the osadi comes to remind us that li'olam, that all differentiation, all separateness is simply to disclose the unity that comes afterwards. Hatstadiut. Technically, this word can be translated as sidedness or secondariness or that which is inessential or that which appears to be mutar or not connected to the center, which represents the essence of an idea or the main point of an idea. The center is typically identified as that which holds everything together. And the tzad, the tzadiyut of everything, represents that which is outside the circumference, that which is outside of the ikr, that which is tafel. Now, parenthetically, we can begin to understand the Avod of Rabbi Nachman, in the beginning of Sipurim Aisius, when he tells us, by the first sipur of finding the lost princess of the Avedas Pasa Melech, that the Mishnah Lamelech, the soul that comes down into the world to redeem that which appears to be lost, that which appears to be secondary, he is only capable of doing that through a Shvil Men Hatzad, through a pathway towards the side. Tzad, again, is going to be associated with the Otsadi, with the Avod of the Tsadik, which is coming to show that even that which appears to be outside the way of traveling and traversing the world in all of its distortion is nevertheless fundamental and it becomes part of the Icar. rufko continues, and he says, stadiut HaRashum Shal HaYichas shall Kol Nose BeKhol Erchav amasha Stadiyut and secondariness and inessentiality represents the relationship that each individual identity in particular has with that which is outside of itself. What relationship do I have with that which appears to be inessential to me? The things that appear to be meaningless in my life, the things that appear to be random. Again, as we discuss the transition from the Pei to the Tsadi, we're already beginning to discuss the emergence of particularity into a more expressed form, and therefore the questions of separateness and duality and insignificance begin to make more sense, personally speaking, which is why when it comes to the Otsadi, at least in the way I'm interpreting Rav Kook and Reshmi Lin, it needs to be more psychologized, or psychologized, it needs to be interpreted on a psychological level as opposed to perhaps the ontological level which we've been discussing until now. Not to say, God forbid, that this doesn't exist on the ontological level. The Ostsadi again represents the emergence from the Ostpayak particularity while ensuring that everything is unified in a claw that is greater than the sum of its parts, in a whole that is greater than the sum of its pratyuts. Nevertheless, in order to understand the avoda of the Ostsadi and the avoda of the Tzadik, or an aspect of that avoda, it serves us well, and Rav Kook shows this in other areas in his writings about Tzedek and the Os Tzadi, or the Tzadi HaSafit, as we see in the osios of Mansapach. It's important that we interpret this in a personal and individualized way as well to understand what Rav Kook is trying to say. When everything is arranged in its proper sense, then we find that there is separateness and distortion and empty spaces in the, in, in the universe. The Tzadi comes to show us that the relationship between two separate things, needs to be malay tzedek, needs to be filled with righteousness, needs to be filled with the sense that everything is kadosh and everything is whole. The Kook continues, That the... Impulse towards righteousness, the impulse that is disclosed in the Os is to ensure that the secondary relationship between each thing and its other, between who I am as an individual and all of that which appears to be insignificant and separate from me, the Os and the Avodah of the Tzadi comes to ensure that those relationships are filled with righteousness, to show that even though there appears to be no more room because of the other, I need to accept the other, I need to emerge into a relationship that is malay tzitkos, of acceptance, of recognizing that each thing has its rightful place, that nobody else can touch my arena, nobody else can come into my Dalet Amos and take away that which is predestined for me. And therefore, I no longer need to be jealous and afraid of the other, I need to accept the other and recognize that through myself, my personal identity, my pratiyut and the other's pratiyut, there emerges not a machlokas or a distinction, but rather a further disclosure of the yichud of A Baruch Now Rav Kook continues, and he says, That as particularity emerges into the world, as difference abounds, as one thing says to the other thing that there is no more room for me, that you are taking up my space, and particularity begins to cloud the light of the cloud, the light of Yichud, the Otsadi and the Avodah of the Tzadi comes to say that, no, each thing in its own particular shape, in its own particular movement, and its own particular emergence, maintains its identity in spite of the fact that there is otherness. Because the job of each particular, as disclosed in the Otsadi, is to see how the center and the side are unified. And Rav says something remarkable elsewhere in discussing the Os This light, this orhat comes from a place where the Merkaz and the Tzad are unified, where there is no distinction between the center and the edge, where there is no distinction between the Iker and the Tafel because both scream out the Kavod of a Baruch Hu. And the Os comes to show this unity. Rav goes on and he says, <laughs> This fullness and saturation that we discussed in the Os and as it continues in the Otsadi, and the unity and the hachava and the combination of all different particulars in their innumerable form, m'tsinim mm-hmm. es hat They represent and they point towards the fullness of human righteousness on a political, sociological, psychological, and spiritual level. Our capacity to say yes to the other our capacity to see room in ourselves for another person without feeling that they impinge on our own particular identity, without feeling that they're coming to take away that which is ours, allows us to embrace the righteousness ha'olami, this fundamental unity of everything being in its right place, of recognizing that HaKadosh Baruch created everything in its right place. There is nothing in existence, there is no particular form in existence, in spite of how separate it appears, that does not have its righteous place or righteous time within the grand scheme, which in the Ratzon HaKaduma, the original will, Kav Yachalav HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in existence, as disclosed and brought to light through the Or HaTzadik, through the light of the righteous individual. Ruf Cook continues, and he says, Or HaYasodi Shel Tzadik Olam the foundational and fundamental light of the righteous individual who is the foundation of the world, the tzaddik, Moshe Rabbeinu, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the Arizal, the Bashemto, the Vilnagon, every tzaddik that comes into the world, all the different tzaddikim, Rav Kook, Rabbi Nachman, they come to show that all particularization, all separation, all fragmentation is nothing but a further disclosure of unity. Connecting that which seems disparate, showing that the side is also part of the center, showing that the tafel is also part of the ikr. Like the Mitlarebah said about Yosef at Tzaddik, showing that the mutarot, showing that the dreams themselves, which are the mutare ha the inessential expressions of the mind, are also disclosures of truth, are also part are also part and parcel of the gilu ha-emes, of the ha yikud ha that contains the Kalna Prat within it. Orhayasojisadikisar Olam, that the emergence of this profoundly beautiful will. Hubinyan haolam Klulo The Orhat comes as emergence of particularity takes place, as the world begins to lose its unity, as the world appears to descend and fall into multiplicity and separateness and destruction where the light of unity is no longer apparent. The Osadi comes and says, no, things can be improved, things can be connected. The emergence of particularity, the emergence of separateness, the emergence of the Kayach HaGvul, which we've been talking about since the Os the emergence of that which appears to be separate and devoid of Kedusha is nothing but a furthering of the expression of Kedusha, showing how Yichud and Or can disclose itself in the lower regions of being so that the Yichur of HaKadosh Baruch Hu now contains within itself separateness and unity at once. Rav continues, and here he's going to touch on, like I said before, the Machlokas of the gra and his Tamidim and the Chazonish with regards to the writing of the Osadi, whether the Yud should be facing away from the Nun or whether the Yud should be facing towards the Nun because again, the Yud facing away from the Nun represents Achor Ba'achor and Pirud, and the Yud, or the Zion, as we're going to see in the words of Rufkuk, facing towards the Nun, represents Yichud and Panim lepanim, or a face-to-face relationship. Rufkuk continues, now here Rav Cook is going to discuss the shape or the form of the Nun. Now typically, according to most Rishonim, a Tzadi is comprised of a Nun and a Yud on top of it, which represents the Otsadi. But for Rav Cook. And I haven't found the Makor in the Rishonim yet, although I'm sure it exists. Typically, Rukuk follows the Pesach of the Beis Yosef in terms of the Tsura Osios, but here it's not according to the Beis Yosef, but I'm sure it exists, and I'll find it, Bezra Hashem. But the Nun here is comprised of a Nun and a Zion. Now, it makes sense, and this is parenthetical, the Zion and the Yud, as we saw in the Ost Zayin, are not separate in their form, that the nekuda of the yud, which contains everything within it, that infinitesimal point that contains infinitude within it, that contains all potential within it, appears like the top of the zayin. Now the only difference between the zayin and the yud is that the zayin has a line emerging from it in the tzura of the vav, which represents a continuance or a drawing down of that os yud. So in spite of the fact that the os nun is typically shown as a nun and a yud, for Rav to say that it's a nun and a zayin is not a stira, because the zayin in itself is nothing but the drawing down and the emergence of the osiod. And if a person looks at the words of Rav Cook by the Os Zion, this becomes even clearer in terms of the distinction Rav Cook makes between the Vav and the zayin. Now, for Rav again, like we said, by the Os Mem we had Klalyutakol, the waters, the Mayim Rabin, everything in its Klalyutakol. The Osnun was the emergence of the Nun Shari Bina, the particular identities, the fish of the sea, the emergence of individual and specific parts that come out of the Klaliyot HaKol, the Bina that comes out of Chachma. Now the Tzadi, like we said, is the fact that all pratiyut, all distinction, all separation maintains unity within itself. The Nun of the Tzadi for Ravkuk represents that disclosure of particularity, the nune Hayam, the fish of the sea, the Nun shari Bina. And the Zion on top of the Nun, which creates the oszadi, is the Hamil Hamilchama, the weapons of war, like we saw in the os The threshers of the field, the Machatz Dechakla, the Balei Mekubalim, who need to fight through all distortion, those weapons, as we saw in the Ramchal and Adir Bamaron, who discusses at length each particular weapon that the Balei Mekubalim and the Balei So need to use, the Zion is there to protect the individualized identities of the Os-Nun once something emerges from its general khaliyut and the aura of the chachma, represented by the osmem, it descends into the particularity of the osnun, which again, as we said, by the osnun, is nun share bina, And bina, although it's unified in its collectiveness, still maintains a certain relationship with gvura and din. Because by bina, the Zohar says that, the Zohar says that din and mis'arnimene, that din and judgment emerge from within the womb of bina. So we see that as we discuss the particularization of being, as the fish emerge within the sea, from the Mem to the Nun, there's a need pro- to protect. There's a need to ensure that each particular identity maintains its own individualized existence, which is the avoda of the Tzadik, to show that they're all part of the same thing. And therefore, if Cook says that the tzaddi is a Nun and a Zion together, particularity as expressed in the Nun, and the protection of particularity and the insurance of its continuation as an individualized and separate entity through the Os Zion. And as part of the discussion, Rav Kook is going to say that the Zion bends itself into the Nun, towards the Cheik, towards the lap of the Nun, showing us that It is not an achor b relationship like we saw by the kas ha by the Shabtai Tzvi and his Talmidim HaSushanam, where there's a distortion and tohu reigns supreme, where the yud or the zayin is facing away from the nun. But for Rav Kuk, the zayin and the yud are facing towards the nun, representing the fact that all particularization, all tohu, is simply for the fact of showing how yichud can be that much deeper. And Rav Kuk says as follows, Nitiyaso Shala the movement of the war of a Koa and the strength of the weapon, they move towards El Hayasochal or Hhayim Um Magmaso. They are always directed towards the emergence of the light of life and its purpose. Lo El Hamisa Baha Shehu Shifa not towards death and destruction, which is the desire of the Russia, representing the fact that the Zion and the Nun would be facing apart from one another, as discussed by the Vilmagon and the and and shown to be part and parcel of the Sabbatean expression of the Kabbalah of the Has Fashallam, but rather it's facing towards Tova, it's facing towards Kedusha and Chaim, That the Zion is bending towards the Nun, showing that all that appears separate and apart is really formed to bring about a deeper Yichud. Loel Hamisa va Shushi sarasha, not towards death and destruction, which is the desire of the wicked. Yigalanu Hatsadi bit munaso. The tsadi shows us in its shape tmunasanun. The picture of the Nun, Here Rav Cook is showing us that the Osmem is fundamental to every letter that comes after the Osmem. That by the Osmem we have to remember that that was the kaliuta kol, and the Nun represents the emergence of particularity. And this Nun represented within the Tzadi, along with the Zion, which protects the individualized expression, Nimshahu el hanun Mit'akim hu al baal the Zion, which stands at the top of the Nun, is bending towards it, bending towards the light of Kedusha, bending towards the perfection and the further expression of unity in the world, not separate Chas V'Shalom, not representative of rishis or Destruction and our of cook is going to finish off with the bottom of the tzaddi, the functional and expressive foundation. Because again, we're emerging into the realm of separateness and the world of asiyah. Hamit be shahat that are disclosed. In actuality, through the act of righteousness, through the avoda of ensuring that the prat and the klal are unified, that separateness and unity are unified, the hatsadik bahat and charity and righteousness. I wish I had more time to go into these particular points that Rav Kook is making, but I want to ensure that the shir doesn't go too long. The Chol Tzadet Tzadav, in all of the different sides, in all of that which appears inessential, of all that which appears to be separate from the center, everything is contained within the Osadi, showing how everything serves the purpose. The Chol Yehushav and Gusharav, and all of their relationships and connections, It goes and it emerges. The bottom part of the Tzadi emerges and it elongates itself. It enlargens and elongates itself to ensure that the Pratiyut as expressed in the tzaddik, the Pratiyut as expressed in the tzaddi, the Tzadiyut, the secondariness, the sidedness, the Tzayid befiv that that Yitzhak Avinu was able to see by Esav because the Avod of the tzaddik is to try and collect all separateness Everything that is separate, even if it appears in the piv of the Russia, the kitsayid Befiv the kitsadi Befiv, which Chazal tell us was the nesham rabbi Akiva, and the nesham rabbi Meir, which are the avoda and the avos of Torah Shabal Peh, which is the allowance that we have to see pratiyut engaging with kalayut. Torah Shabal Peh in relationship to Torah Shabal Peh is is disparity and separateness in relationship to unity. Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Meir, the tsayid Befiv the Tsadi in the mouth of Esau HaRasha, that represents the ability of the Tzadik to elevate the pratiyut back to the cloud to show how everything is part and parcel of Kedusha. It is, Metarechu HaMamed hatachtiti mit. Metgaledet, and the avod of the tzaddik grows. The tzaddik grows to make more room for further pratiyut. Chazak hu hashomer binyan Like we said in the beginning, the tzaddik is a dangerous letter because if it's misunderstood, it can descend into the abyss. And therefore, Rav Kook says the bottom of the tzaddik needs to elongate itself to ensure that it doesn't allow separateness to fall away from unity. Yiras Hashem hu-makor chayim. The fear of Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the source of life. Le Mansur Mata, in order to ensure that we do not descend into the abyss of below. and Shem Hashem, and the tower of courage, as representative of the Tzaddik and the Tzaddi, and the connection between Shemayim and arts and Kalu Prat, it's the strength of the name of the Hashem. Bo Yarut Tzaddik There, the Tzaddik will run, and it will be victorious. We're going to see next week, Oskuf is one of my favorite letters in the Sefer Eishmilin. Oskuf is now, once emergence of particularization takes place, there is a duplication in the world. There is that which appears to be the Masa Kuf, something that is mimicry, the act of the ape, which imitates the human being. And Rav is going to show the two levels of mimicry of holiness and of unholiness. And in Mir Tashem, we're going to see how through the pay, we come to the tzadi, which protects the emergence of particularity, and then we come to the kuf, which allows us to have actual kedusha.